0: This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast, brought to you by the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. Thank you to our sponsor 223 Agency, a digital relations firm helping you maximize and develop your digital footprint. Check them out on the web at 223agency.com. Without further ado, enjoy this episode of the Tallahassee
1: Business Podcast.
0: Hey there, Tallahassee, Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of the Tallahassee business podcast. We are thrilled to be with you once again for another installment of our show. Each week we like to bring you some of the most interesting stories of people who are getting it done in our community, people who are making their business thrive and our community thrive uh, in return. And today we've got another outstanding guest for you, someone who I hope you've uh, uh, run across through some of our chamber activities these past few years. She's someone who I have enjoyed the opportunity to listen to at uh, events like our professional women's forum and other outlets that we provide our members. Uh, We've got Dr. Sue Evers with us. Uh, She is the founder and owner of Change by Design, a firm that is um, really 22 years in the making, but was founded in 2008. And it's a firm, a company that specializes in workforce training and organizational improvement solutions. Uh, among many other specialties. And I think that we are in for a wonderful discussion today, because if you haven't noticed, the world is changing pretty rapidly. And one of the things that is happening right before our eyes is a massive movement uh, from in-person learning to e-learning. And Dr. Evers is going to join us to discuss uh, what that transition is like and how you can look for uh, the best practices available to advance your cause and mission as a business, as well as uh, uh, to learn the things and tools that you're going to need to succeed uh, in the new normal that we're all experiencing. So without further ado, I want to welcome uh, Dr. Ebers onto the show.
1: Sue, how are you doing? Jay, I'm doing fine. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk with you today.
0: Well, we appreciate you uh, taking some time to be with us. No, uh, Life is busy for you as it is for everyone right now, sorting through uh, just this, again, rapidly changing world we're all living in. But um, with change comes opportunity. And right. uh, I know one of the things you like to specialize in is helping people navigate that and uh, better structure themselves uh, in their organizations to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really excited to, to dive into some of this e-learning discussion with you today. But maybe before we before we get to there, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to uh, owning your own business, change by design, and and what that uh, pathway to your profession has been like for you.
1: I I'd love to. I uh, I, I I hit a reset on my life when I was thirty four, and I'm a few years older than that now. Um, but I I looked around to I was a I was a stay at home parent, and I was in a position where it's like, well, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, and I cast my mind back to. Uh, company I worked for called Evaluation by Design, um, Evaluation Systems Design. And, um, and I, I thought about the people who worked there and what they did, and they were problem solvers. And, and, and they did really interesting work. And I thought, that's what I'd like to do. And found out that the place where they got their, the people there got their degrees was the Instructional Systems Program and the broader Educational Psychology Program at Florida State which happens to be where this whole skill set was founded. So, um, so I eventually got there, went there and got my PhD and my master's. I focused not only on effective learning in any venue, but I also focused on um, improving performance, organizational performance, um, and solving problems that keep organizations from being effective. So, um, yeah. so that's how I got there. But there was a lot of, there were a lot of bumps along the way.
0: (laughs) As there always are. But,
1: uh,
0: you know, so let's hear about some of those bumps for maybe a second. I think, you know, we continue to find that with our business guests here on the show, uh, uh, every business owner has had struggles and difficult days. And when we have the opportunity to highlight those, I think it uh, uh, builds a little bit of uh, common understanding amongst our guests and our listeners. So, I was fascinated earlier, you told me, you know, you started the business in 2008, which probably, uh, we're probably all having some flashbacks to right about now.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, you know, I, I was very convinced when I finished my PhD that what I could do and what I could offer to uh, others was going to um, make me a lot of money. That's really the bottom line, and um, and so I hung out my shingle, and six months later, Lehman Brothers collapsed, and the bottom of the world economy was happening. And I learned very quickly how hard I had to work for every dollar that I made. Um, And I scrapped and struggled just like so many other business people. Um, But in the process, I had to learn how to be really effective at at being a business owner and delivering um, solutions to customers that, um, enhance their bottom line. Uh, so it, it, was, it was a real transformation over time that, that gave me the clients that I have. Um, I've had the privilege of working for and, and now I'm, I'm transitioning so that I'm doing some work of my own, but I'm, I've brought in teams to do work for me and I have clients um in texas and in washington state and montana and some other places that um that my teams are doing work for so it's 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 you know it's a learning and growing experience for sure
0: no doubt well that, that's a cool story and uh like i mentioned earlier i've had the chance to hear you tell a little bit of about yourself and story through some of our chamber channels over the years and uh, it's always impressive and uh, and inspiring and uh, and thought provoking and uh, you know recently uh, you had reached out to talk a little bit about this massive wave uh, shifting wave of e learning that's happening with with so much going just into the virtual space right now as we're all grappling with the challenges of uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic um, we're just seeing again record shifts of of things moving virtually, especially on the education front. So can you tell us a little bit, you know, in your perspective, why you think this is such an important topic for everyone to be paying attention to right now?
1: Yeah, you know, when when an organization invests in their training programs, they're doing it because they want to improve their bottom lines. You know, that's, that's the reason. And um, the problem with training and how people view training is there's you really have to find you have to look for good training Uh, there's a lot of people out there who develop training who deliver training um, but a lot of it is really poorly done because you know people don't expect that training can actually transform your organization they think it can but they don't know how to make it happen and 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 there are things you can do. Evidence-based practices, uh, theories, models, and strategies you can apply that will actually deliver not only the skills that a person needs to learn, but also have them be able have them eno- practice enough so that they can port those skills over into wherever they work and deliver on those skills. Um, hopefully, with the, with the anticipation that it will it'll change the bottom line. But I'm seeing it uh, right now all over. Even my son in China, who has an English language school um, and who worked with Disney English over there before he married my daughter-in-law. Disney English today put out a press release saying that they are closing all 26 locations in China um, in order to deliver these courses online. That's a significant cost shift um, they've got employees that they've got to deal with they've got families how are they going to deal with that they say that they were thinking about this prior to covid but covid really ramped up um, their intention on this and now they're they're closing all the schools um, which is amazing to me
0: that's fascinating yeah w- one of the things that I've um, my sort of working theory on the world we're living in right now i've mentioned this to other people is that the pandemic is really a societal accelerant the things that have been underlying in our culture for the past few years things that people you know you've probably seen and uh, we've certainly all seen at conferences and and keynote addresses about hey this is what your workforce is going to be going through in the future well all of a sudden here we thrust into that future uh-huh. exactly here we are yep. um so what are some of those things that you're seeing as people are are moving into that space of uh, you know training their employees uh, virtually.
1: Uh, well, I'll give you an example. Um, I uh, recently um, uh, a person um, who I, with whom I've done work for before uh, reached out to me to see what it would take for them to transition from an eight-hour course into hybrid course online which would mean maybe some e-learning some uh, videos some discussion boards things like that and and my first question to him was well how good is the first training you know how what what let me take a look at the training and see if you how, how much needs to change in the content in the under in the skill building in order to move it into an online format and um and he he was very nice to say that it wasn't his course it was somebody else's course but um i looked at it and you know it was a really bad course and and to change it into an online format probably 65 to 75 per, 65 to 70 percent of the content needed to be changed and you needed to work with subject matter experts before it would even be possible to move it into an online setting and that's that's huge people don't know they, they don't realize that you can't just take a course and go bam and it's online and you're done there's a lot involved and um, if you're going if you're going to if you really want to align your workforce with the results you want to achieve in your organization, that ha- that requires strategy and intentionality before you just go and plop. Okay, I'm going to take this apart. and I'm going to put it over here. And there it is. Ta-da. You know, there's a lot of work involved behind the scenes.
0: I believe it. And you know, one of the things that I, I always try to look for when I'm looking at different programs, right? When you're evaluating options, uh, uh, no matter whether you're you know, buying a product for my daughter or some new golf product, or I'm looking at a, a, maybe a uh, some sort of online learning that's relevant to my profession. You, know, you want to compare, right? And try to get a sense of what the difference between good and bad is, or the difference between good and great. Can you speak to that a little bit? What are the th- some of the things that maybe people should be looking for in that world?
1: Yeah. So I, I've mentioned before that you want to align it to your organizational results that you want to achieve. You want to see how does this learning strategy that you have fit into that. Um, you need to think about what. So you can't. A training is usually tied to you, you wanting to see somebody do something. And but but if you if you go and buy say out of the box training like Coursera or LinkedIn learning or something like that. Those are good courses and they have good focuses. But you know, what if your organization, um, has a real problem? What if your sales force, um, isn't getting information from another part of the organization and there's a bottleneck, but your sales are down and you have to ramp it up. If you don't tailor your learning solution to address, underlying issue that's going on in your organization then it's not going to deliver the results you want to deliver so you know I was I was reading an article about the course portals that are out there there are, are a number of them: LinkedIn Learning Coursera um, Skillshare Udemy Skillsoft there are a number of them and they all have a subscription or a by course charge But the question is, is that going to deliver for you the results you want to see in your organization? I saw uh, uh, the Florida Department of Transportation posted a sole source purchase from a technology-based intermediary so that they could have for a year unlimited availability to LinkedIn Learning's um, soft skills training. That's great. But I, you know, there's so many questions that you need to ask to make sure that that investment is going to be worth it for the organization. Just throwing soft skills at you and expecting it to deliver the results you want to see in your organization—that's that's that's like flipping a coin. And and uh, so I, and I'm po- probably. Florida DOT has a great strategy. I, I don't want to say that they don't, but just looking at that on the surface, I thought, wow, I hope they have a real plan behind that so that they aren't just throwing money at something. The intermediary, intermediary is making like, I don't know, 74, dollars $78,000 for a year for just whatever they're doing to make sure that technology is available to the government. Um, that's that's great money but what's it delivering in terms of the behavior changes that you need to see in your organization to achieve the result you want to achieve.
0: How important is it you know when you're structuring a platform like that or you're evaluating these platforms how how does one look at okay is this an engaging platform or not I I would think that you know at least from my own personal experience if it's if it's not an engaging uh, learning environment You know, you might be able to make it through. You might have employees who kind of make it past the time marks or the check-ins or whatever that are available. But it's not engaging. Like you said, they're probably not going to experience much change um, uh, to to improve their outcomes.
1: Right. I agree with that. Um, But engagement doesn't necessarily lead to learning. You know, engagement might be motivational. Engagement might lead you to want to see more of it but it doesn't necessarily transfer that an avatar sitting there blinking its eyes and chatting with you is going to lead you to being able to um, be a more effective, again, sales, salesperson, um, or a customer service consultant. Um, you know, there is, there is a different, engagement's good. You know, I'm not saying it's not good, but, but uh, you really want to look at what's, how was this course designed? Was it designed um, with the results in mind that you wanted to achieve? Is it training skill and not just knowledge? You know, there's a lot of talking heads out there who um, tell you a lot of stuff, but then you have to take all of that stuff and put it together, and that's poor training. Good training is facilitating your ability to assemble that information and practice that information in a way that you're going to be able to do the behavior you want them to do so engaging is good um, but there are ways to do it and there are ways to just waste your time Um, and uh, you know I, I there's lots of people who do really good work out there. There's lots of people who do great instructional design and or who instinctively know how to create good training, uh, good workforce development. On the flip side, there's a real a whole lot of really poor stuff. And it might be so so if I, I I have to talk about this. I worked I worked for this one organization as a subcontractor years ago. And they had this massive visual design department and and that's where they got their start was visual and and they had it was beautiful stuff but there wasn't quite as much emphasis at the time on learning you know learning was okay but the but more was put in the bucket of visual than there was in learning and and you know, I wasn't a good fit for that environment because for me, I want to, I have the passion for people being able to do what they need to do. And and I have a passion for seeing the visuals align with what they need to do. So they work together to bring about effective learning. And those visuals can be exciting and engaging, but they work to create a cohesive package for learning.
0: I like the way you, you, you frame that a uh cohesive package for learning. Um, I would imagine that, um, you know, again, as as so many people are moving into this space right now, that there's probably also some downsides. What what are some of the downsides that are starting to emerge uh, in the world right now?
1: Yeah, people, one of the big ones, Shay, is that people think that um, the course that they have, all you have to do is take it and, you know say it's an it's an instructor led course face to face and they're going to put it in a virtual instructor led training so it's kind of like you and i having an online meeting but you have an instructor and they're talking to 40 50 20 80 people whatever and and they're going to assume that that's going to deliver what they want to see happen um, you know it, One thing is, if you have a face-to-face course, anything longer than an hour in virtual instructor-led, you've lost the people. So you have to carefully design that hour that you've got to maximize the attention of your people. You cannot do what I'm doing right now, which is go on and on and on. (laughs) You know, you have to have have, um, a structure where people, you know, are forced to thoughtfully respond you know, every two or three minutes to what's being discussed so that you facilitate a a processing activity and not just do a talking head thing.
0: Um, I guess very well said.
1: Yeah. um, I go back to aligning what you're delivering with the outcomes you want to see in the organization. Um, If you... Don't spend the time to make sure that your training is going to deliver that. You're wasting so much money and so much time, and you're giving training such a bad rap. (laughs) You know, training can be transformational. Training, uh, learning can change lives. Learning can change um, business bottom lines. It, It all can be done. You just need people who know how to do it. If you if you if you take somebody who um, is an English major and you say rewrite this course for me for an e-learning, that's not their expertise. So you're not going to get what you're looking for, and you're spending money that's going to be a waste of your bottom line.
0: You know, you, I sit here and I think about the companies that are out there who have. For years, done face-to-face training, probably been successful within their organization um, of onboarding employees and advancing their skill sets. Um, and now you're in this tough environment. So, what's the first step? How does someone go through that transition? What's what are the the guidelines that you might uh, offer someone who's is looking at their organization, going, okay, we're going to have to move this online for the foreseeable future,
1: right? Um you really want to look, first of all, at pro- one of the things you have to do is look at your budget, you know, um, and be aware that when you're moving something from a face-to-face course to an online course, depending upon what kind of online course it is, it could be an e-learning, which is like uh, a, a running training that nobody's taught, talk- you know, you have no instructor interaction, you know, you have that simple fairly simple courses can be like 16 dollars. you know do you want to spend that money there or do you want to spend that money in maybe you can do self-paced instruction for some of what you're you're um, going to be training just print based simple self-paced instruction properly designed with case studies and practice and feedback at the end that can be far more effective than an e-learning, but you could use e-learning for a simulation to put the training together. That would be a better use of your e-learning platform. Um, Virtual instructor-led training, um, I think I mentioned already, it's just like you and I talking or you being the instructor to a group of learners, um, you know, if if you morph that into an online setting and you tag it maybe to pre-work so they learn this stuff in pre-work um maybe knowledge they need to learn and and practice putting it together but then you use your virtual instructor-led training to have them answer questions that they didn't get feedback on in their pre-work that makes them accountable for what they learned in the pre-work and that'll be more motivational for them to be present in the pre-work and therefore be present in your virtual instructor-led training. Nobody likes to look bad, and so that's a motivator but maybe you want video. Video is a great way to show skills a person talking through a skill that they're doing while you're watching them do it. That's totally founded on what's called social learning principles. Um, Bandura is a psychologist who really formalized that concept in Social learning is a a great way to do that. Um, But maybe you have a lot of money and it's a life and death situation. So you want virtual reality. And that's a whole huge thing and a lot of money. So you have, it it starts one of the big things with what is your budget and how important is this? How critical is it to the mission um, that you're trying to achieve for your people, for your organization? and and then you have to decide what you're going to do with that bucket of information
0: well hopefully one of the things that people think to do is uh call you and uh i'm sure (laughs) uh, and 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 you can help them through those processes because again i know um if you're going to take the time to make that kind of investment you need to get it right And, and and it's it's for the sake of the company for the sake of the employee and for the sake of the investment sure
1: yeah, you know, I, I I there are good people out there who don't have the skill set, who have the instincts. I know I'm thinking of one in particular. He is he just knows how to do it right. But there aren't that many people out there without the training who know how to do that right. And um and you know, so you have to you have to decide. It goes back to budget, you have to decide are you going to get it right the first time. And that's something that's part of my company's DNA. We work very hard with you to make sure that we nail whatever the result is that you want to achieve. We work hard to make sure that happens. And we have a close interaction with the client to make sure that we're achieving the results that they need to achieve. Um, you know, There's lots of companies out there that do that. But when you're looking for a company, uh, look at their track record. Look at what they've delivered um, to other organizations. Um, what do their testimonials say? And are they delivering skill? You know, are are they just delivering a bunch of things? Nice things to know. I, I want to circle back uh, to that that uh, client who asked me to evaluate a course and say how how much time would it take? So this is an eight-hour course and. I, after reviewing the content, I found like about hour six, the key of what they needed to know and the structure for it. So that's hour six. The rest of it was like rah, rah, let's talk about this. We're so great here with the idea that it would be motivational, but in, instead it just, it was a waste of time. And, and I, I, I think there's a lot of that out there. It's a waste of time. And so why would you want to work with someone like me Um, and with my team, my team works to deliver effective learning the first time in any venue. And my team, I have um, an art department that works to make sure that the graphics that are there facilitate learning along with the information and skill being delivered so that you have a complete package that is motivational, and engaging but effective for learning
0: i love it i think you know again there's so much people can learn about this process and and really um i just see this this field being you know riddled with opportunities uh in the next few years i I just think this is a trend that uh we're only going to see continue to 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 dominate uh every industry I, i i'm not sure there's any out there that will um Uh, will not see some change, some effect by uh, e-learning in the space. But uh, speaking of trends and other things, I I also want to spend a couple of minutes before we Mm -hmm. sign off uh, talking about one of your newer ventures. Uh, (laughs) uh, A while back, I remember you kind of debuted the Ever Bar uh, uh, at one of our Chamber of Gatherings. And can you tell everybody a little bit about just how you got into, um, I guess you would call this the, the food industry?
1: It is the food industry. thanks for asking i uh i it started when my kids were young, and I had a recipe that uh just they enjoyed and it really reminded me of my children um and fast forward many years and many things that happened over those years and I resurrected that recipe and i thought well let me let me work with this and and I did and um and long story short it went from a large bar to a very small you know bar like well you can't see it but it's about an inch by an inch by four inches and uh, but it's it's basically dried fruit and nuts but it's i've i've done taste testing with people across the united states and they're like wow this is really good um and and so I, you know over time i've just decided okay well this is my this is my right brain activity. Uh, you know, Instructional design, business owner, that's more left brain with some right brain, but food, really right brain. And um, yeah, so I have, it's trademarked. Um, it's being trademarked right now. Um, I am in the process of identifying um, suppliers for the product and um, I, I'm building a second bar. I'm working on a second bar. I'm aiming for probably four or five different flavors. Um, But I'm working with University of Georgia in Griffin, they have a food commercialization unit and um, we're doing shelf life analysis right now. And um, they're supporting my efforts with, you know, a food scientist and, and people behind it so that I'm successful. Um, Goal is second quarter of next year of, of selling locally. Um, get the bugs out of the system before I go bigger. Um, Love
0: it. Well, I think yeah, that's so cool. I, yeah. I just, you know, every time I hear about someone who's uh, you know, got multiple passions and the the ability to pursue them, I'm uh, I'm all in on that story. So, thanks, uh, thanks for sharing that, and and yeah. thanks for joining us on the podcast. I think yeah. um, this will be very valuable for a variety of businesses and members who are listening today. And. Sue, so for those who want to learn more about your services, uh, where should we send them to?
1: Yeah, send them to my website, changebydesign.us. And um, I'm also going to be, I, I have a one-page flyer that I'll be providing you so that um, it, it helps people to kind of, it, it consolidates some of what we've talked about today so that decision making can be effective. Um, but. Um, then it's also on my website, this information and a bit more information, and I'll provide you the link to that as well.
0: Very cool. Well, thanks again for your time. I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, offering up again, some of your time and expertise with us and all of our listeners. And uh, for our listeners, I want to thank you as well for always uh, being so attentive uh, as a regular listener to the Tallahassee business podcast, as always. We hope you have taken the time to click subscribe and catch the show through whatever your favorite listening device is each and every week. And uh, of course you can catch this show and every episode of the Tallahassee Business Podcast on our website at www.talchamber.com. That's talchamber.com. We are the catalyst for business and community growth here in Florida's Capital City. And we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your membership and your continued support of the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. Until next time, we will be looking forward to sharing more stories with you again real soon. Take care, folks.